Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mliwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, we get into a topical discussion, something that's very important. Um, when you consider the economy um, of South Africa, there are a couple of uh, big points uh, that uh, we are struggling with, poverty, inequality, um, education, and uh, employment. Uh, those tend to be the big um, economic issues that South Africa suffers um, in particular with and about. Uh, so for today, we decided that uh, perhaps it would be good to get an update um, around what what um, efforts are being made to actually tackle uh, the employment piece of uh, that particular quandary uh, that the country finds itself in. And there's actually a program uh, that, um, if I remember correctly, uh, was started uh, through the presidency a couple of years ago um, called uh, Yes or the Youth Employment Service. And this week they were actually celebrating that uh, they've been able to um, have uh, more than 100,000 um, young people being employed or to create economic opportunity for over 100,000 uh, young people in South Africa through that particular initiative. And uh, we're just going to be chatting with uh, Ravi Naidu, uh, who is the CEO of uh, the Youth Employment Service to get a view of what um, youth uh, unemployment looks like. We always hear some huge numbers uh, to say that uh, it, about half um, of youth in South Africa are currently facing uh, a situation of unemployment and we need to get a view of people that are actually trying to tackle the, the issue um, head on to say what's actually going on, what can be done, what have they done, how did they manage uh, to get where they are have they gone as far as uh, they would want to go and uh, what are some of the plans for the future Ravi, uh, greetings to you today on this I'm gonna call it a uh, overcast morning um, in Johannesburg yeah good morning to you uh, Amadibas and thanks for the invitation so just a bit on the Youth Employment Service. It was uh, set up by the CEO initiative. So the CEO initiative. Um, so it wasn't actually uh, set up through the president, uh, but it was set up with the support and I suppose the request of the president to say, can the private sector also uh, make a practical contribution to uh, certain uh, social imperatives. So uh, the CEO initiative, which was a grouping of corporates, um, uh, when the current president was a deputy president, and then they proposed a youth employment uh, service initiative, which was uh, yes. And it was launched in March of 2018, and it became operational um, you know, with its sort of rules and government gazette and so on that backs it uh, from about January 2019. And so it's a fairly newish um, initiative. And it's unique in the jobs uh, space in that it's the first 100% private sector funded initiative. So there's no taxpayer uh, funding at all. It's very different in that regard from the public works programs or other programs for employment where they receive a lot of government money. This one is 100% funded by private companies. And uh, its purpose really is to get 
uh, young people or talent pipeline from the poorest communities uh, to get these youth into jobs in the private sector where they can go on to impact uh, positively in the economy. And uh, so it's really a private sector contribution that sits alongside a whole array of, uh, you know, uh, public sector programs and other programs that are meant to impact in the youth employment space. So when it comes to something like that, then you've been you've been at it for a couple of years now, like you said, launched in 2018, operating for a couple um, years now. We've now heard uh, the 100,000 number to say that you guys have been able to do that. And uh, that sounds like tremendous progress, um, at least from the outside. For, for someone like yourself on the inside, is that tremendous progress? Uh, it is very good progress. Um it is very good progress because, uh, you know, it's at the moment today uh, that we are having this discussion on the 31st of March, um, it's 104,000 people who have come through the program. Um, so that's that's quite a big number. Um, and uh, these are people who are not going to be uh, you know, low quality uh, employment opportunities. So, so the problem we're solving, so, so it's progress in terms of what is the problem that we're trying to solve. So we're trying to solve the problem that it's very hard for young people to get into employment unless they have uh, some experience. So, so the challenge is always how do you get experience without, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if you can't find a job. And therefore, this is a program where companies can get certain BE benefits uh, if they take on, uh, let's call it interns, but basically uh, youth into their companies for a period of 12 months. And what 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 is uh, essentially happening here is the youth are getting uh, the value of this work experience in the company. They're getting the social networks because, you know, they are engaging uh, with people uh, in the company who, you know, if they do a good job, will help them get a, you know, find find a sustainable uh, employment path going forward. So the quality focus is really about um, these these youth going on to become young professionals, young entrepreneurs themselves. So the solution to youth um, uh, youth uh, unemployment is really youth themselves becoming the creators of jobs because you know as a, as a as a professional in the future you're going to be very impactful in a company you're dealing with the skills deficit that uh, all companies are facing uh, you know you are their future uh, the talent pipeline if you go on to become an entrepreneur at some point you will become the person who's going to create the new business the new nando's the new fushini group or whatever it is and that's going to be where our future jobs are and uh, and it's and it's really focused on um uh, people from from the poorest households. So, sixty one percent of the youth in the program are from households that are social grant recipients. So, it's uh, it's much harder for, for for people from the poorer backgrounds to get into the private sector jobs, obviously. And so, this is breaking that uh, that that ceiling, that glass ceiling that would otherwise stop them. So, it's got a very strong social mobility component. And so economically, if we can get much more social mobility, and we you know South Africa now has pretty low level social mobility, um, it means that we create a much stronger economic base for the future of the country to really uh, be built up. 
because there's more people participating uh, and making a contribution. So that's really what it's doing. And then the companies are, are doing something that makes sense for them because they also need to have, uh, you know, a talent pipeline. And um, and by talent, I don't mean they have to be top graduates or anything. They just have to be people who are very motivated to make a contribution. And uh, and they're getting a chance to, uh, you know, shine in in their in their work with with the, the the myriad of companies which have now participated and when it comes to i guess one of those things of uh, getting someone into um the employment pipeline you know getting them that first experience making sure that um they do go on to bigger and better things uh beyond that um, from an intervention point of view, right? Um, it's one thing to get someone's foot into the door, uh, but for yourselves as, uh, as yes, um, when it comes to, I guess, I don't know whether I can call it hand holding, uh, but how far are you, are you guys going, uh, rather with uh, the people that are, you know, that are part of the program? Does it, does that relationship sort of go up until the point that someone does get uh, that initial opportunity to get into the workforce or does it go uh, beyond that? So we would be uh, working with partners in the youth employment space to, uh, to source people for companies, right? So there is a national database and we and, and it's, we are sort of jointly involved with that where uh, millions of youth have uh, uh, essentially um, uh, registered and uh, we select uh, from that for different programs. And we would uh, work with the companies to try to get a good match uh, for their programs. And uh, so let's say they're looking for people who are going to be involved in coding because we, we're not targeting a number of future facing sectors. So if it's coding, then obviously you need mats uh, at the level of a trick, you know. And uh, so we would uh, work with them to get that. Uh, they go into the company. We are uh, essentially doing extensive monitoring and evaluation because that's what we have to do. The incentive that we've got which is companies get up to two levels up on their BE score if they're showing a high impact in youth employment and they meet certain targets. So we have to monitor and evaluate that they're really doing what they said they're going to do. So that becomes very important. So we have extensive monitoring evaluation. Uh, we call 24,000 youth a month through our call centers to check up on how it's going. And there's a lot of reporting and uh, verification that then happens. Uh, so we and and the companies have super uh, supervisors. So so let's say every group of ten youth, there's a supervisor on the company side, and we uh, so the, the youth are getting a lot of support throughout. Um, and when they uh, finish, they join our alumni, and then as part of that, we continue to track, uh, you know, what what happens to them, so we can see the impact uh, post the program, and we can compare it to what would have happened if they weren't in a yes program. And, uh, you know, we just finished a survey of 38,000 youth um, last month. And uh, so we can see, you know, what happens in terms of uh, the youth that join, where they go, what seems to be success factors, what happens to them at the end, and so on. So there's a lot of uh, tracking and supporting uh, youth because we understand that it's extremely uh, difficult environment. It's objectively very difficult because... 
uh, you know, there's no economic growth. And South Africa hasn't had economic growth in real terms per capita for 10 years. So in those conditions, how do these youth get into employment on a sustainable basis? Uh, so we so we have to track and we have to learn lessons and uh, so on. So when we say uh, we do 30, so this year we would have done 32,000 in this year alone and cumulatively 104,000 uh, up to now. Um, you know, it's 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 in the context that the country as a whole is only creating 150,000 jobs a year. So we're doing 30, 32,000. And the country as a whole is net jobs is up 150,000 a year on average over the last 10 years. Then it's a material contribution, but it's under very difficult circumstances. So we have to be constantly looking for which companies could take youth, where will the youth go uh, at the end? So it's it's a very actively involved uh, program. Yeah, it sounds like it is an actively involved program and especially, um, you know, all the monitoring and evaluation that you that you probably have to do um, against such a difficult environment, because um, you can say that you want to tackle uh, the jobs piece of things. But uh, I know that the private sector always runs to the fact that, oh, but there's no economic growth. And that is the reality um, of uh, the what you call this of the situation. Um, we do find find ourselves in such a in such a tough spot um, and also you've got uh, high borrowing costs all of these things uh, that are working against uh, people um, when it comes to those that want to expand those that want to start things those that want to uh, maybe take on uh, more people into their workforce uh, but Ravi right now I want to maybe switch gears a little bit uh, because I understand that um, you you are from uh, the world of labor. Uh, it was one of the things I was able to glean, um, you know, earlier this week that uh, you come from the world of labor. And, um, you know, when it comes to South Africa, whether we're talking about ESCOM, whether we're talking about uh, a number of economic factors, a number of economic issues that are facing the country, um, a lot of well-intentioned, well-designed plans uh, tend to be created um, when it comes to trying to tackle um, a lot of the issues that the country has. But but uh, there's always huge criticisms um, when it comes to um, something like a uh, when it comes to implementing um, and or you know making things happen, making those plans into a reality. So maybe you know uh, I could challenge you a little bit to put on your labor hat for a moment, and you know how would you rate um, yourselves as yes if you were looking at it through the lens of a person coming from uh, the labor movement. Yes, so, you know, I, I have the privilege, I suppose, is that I spent a number of years with the labor movement uh, and doing economic research principally. And then I also spent a lot of time in development finance with the public sector, you know, uh, with the development bank and a uh, range of other economic development programs. So, you know, now working with the private sector, I think I've I've completed my trifecta of the social compact partners. So I do I do have a sense of the perspectives of the different uh, partners that, that, that are important for the economy. So, you know, from a labor point of view, it's important to expand the number of people in employment, right? Because you, you want an economy that is uh, growing because a growing economy means more jobs. 
And you also want, uh, you know, and I think the labor movement, for instance, would be very concerned with things like social mobility and uh, social justice and social equity and so on. So the point is you want to get people from the poorest backgrounds into the economy, into the mainstream. So, yes, it's very if, if, if I was talking to a labor movement person now, I'd say, look, the, 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 the youth employment service is very impactful on growing the economy because we are targeting youth not just randomly into jobs, but more and more into specific sectors. So we are running the largest uh, youth into drones program. So drone pilots, we are running the biggest program for young people from very poor backgrounds to become certified drone pilots. And, uh, you know, they, you, you know, you need drones for agriculture, for the insurance sector, for tourism, for a whole range of things. Drones are part, an integral part of the future business model of all the sectors to help the sectors grow. And these are going to be young black professionals and young black drone company owners in the South African economy. We're putting a lot of youth into coding and also uh, from very poor backgrounds, again, just with matric, but they're learning about the world of AI. They're becoming familiar with it. They're going to go on in their careers to do great things there. We are, and again, that's obvious why we need that for the future for all industries. We are putting a lot of youth into green economies, you know, solar rooftops uh, and the installation of solar panels is a huge uh, shortage in those trade skills. So a lot of young people are going to go into that. And they are the ones who are going to help to, you know, uh, ease this supply uh, constraint that we have for that sector. And again, it's a sector with, with huge legs and we can be big exporters in that technology. So, again, it's good for growth, um, but also things which are more uh, socially and uh, focused, like baristas. You know, everyone loves coffee and uh there's a huge future for people who are experts as baristas because you aim as lots of jobs around the world for that, but also lots of franchises and new types of businesses in that sector. So whole range of sectors, we are, we are, we are basically creating uh, pipelines of talented youth into those sectors. So from a labor point of view, you're going to see growth in these sectors, which will create jobs right through um you know, uh, sort of a corporate uh, organogram. And that's very important from a labor point of view. And obviously, these are things, again, which are important for the future of the country. So I think if you take a broad essay Inc. approach, um, the way YES crafts its interventions, it's good for expanding uh, the number of people in employment. It's good for uh, businesses which need, you know, the pipelines. Uh, of of talent because businesses are also under pressure to show what they're doing for their future, you know, employment equity. Where where's their new junior managers coming from? And if you can show that over five years, that yes, youth are, could be your your staff. That's something you could show the government, and they would uh, hopefully get off your back. And then for the for the country as a whole, you know, all of these are pro growth. So it's really the youth becoming the job engines for youth employment themselves. So even as you know, one is trying to deal with a big policy question, which we've been trying for many decades, you know, on the ground, 3,000 jobs a month on average are being created for young people from poor communities to go into the sector. So, so it's quite a high impact in that sense. And, 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 and we would have to do it, bearing in mind, companies are not doing it as charity. It's not a CSI program. There has to be a value proposition for the CFO, for that business as to why they're doing it. 
And uh, so it's 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 quite a challenging job, but we are finding that uh, most stakeholders uh, are aware of the fact that while we engage in the big policy issues and the plans you're talking about, today we need to do something. And, and that's why those pipelines have to keep, you know, uh, working very actively, even as the policy engagement continues. Uh, so we'll wait to see how that policy engagement does continue to um, to develop over time and also at the same time some of the next targets that you guys, uh, you know, do hit. Um, but before we let yes. you go then, um, one of the things that I was very curious to get your take on is uh, because of the state of the economy, we've already articulated the fact that um, the economy isn't creating as many jobs as it should be. Uh, economic growth is, uh, you know, quite stagnant, 150,000 um, net jobs, as uh, as you put um, earlier on in the discussion. Um, one of the things that uh, just doing my research that I've picked up in terms of uh, the approach uh, that, yes, is uh, has taken on is, I think there was there's a statement about from from learning to earning, and the fact that uh, you know in an environment where you don't have um, you know so many jobs being created, um, part of the discussion is let's just at least make sure that a young person is contributing to the economy, is being economically active, if it means them starting their own business, and it's something that you've been alluding to and uh, touching on, you know, through through today. Uh, but uh, maybe, you know, being more specific um, just around unpacking that particular point, you know, to say in this environment, are we fighting, you know, to get, you know, more jobs or, you know, do we fight to get uh, more young business owners, you know, into the pipeline so they can uh, be the ones that are, I think you use the term um, um, engines of growth um, just now. Yeah, so so I think that's a very important point because uh, when South Africa made its development plans, national development plan back ten years ago, they they, they foresaw that about ninety percent of the jobs would have to come from small and medium enterprises, ninety percent, and obviously we have had uh, pretty suboptimal uh, results in terms of the development of small and medium enterprises. And that's really because of regulations and economic growth and all those things not being uh, in uh, in good order. So um, at the moment, uh, so just going back to the economics of the situation, we have about 15% of all the businesses in South Africa are micro enterprises. Now, what is the figure in a country like Brazil or Mexico, in Malaysia? It's closer to 85, 90%. So we had 15%. Other countries in our peer group are way higher. So we we don't have a lot of new businesses coming through, which means these small businesses don't grow to become big businesses. And therefore, we have a very concentrated economy. And uh, you know the, the, a lot of the jobs that we anticipated would, would be there are not there. So there's something holding it back. And apart from regulations, where we are very unkind to small businesses in terms of our regulations, one of the issues, one of the other issues is people don't have work experience. You need to have worked before, before you can set up a business, right? Um, so uh, what we focus on at Yes Now is, and in the future is going to be, um, because we are getting people who are very bright, 
right? And they're getting a job in a company. We do think a lot of them are quite entrepreneurial. So we're finding that about 15% of our youth, 15, 20% of our youth are actually setting up a business even while they are doing these jobs with us. So they're quite entrepreneurial and it's quite high compared to the national average of people who are setting up businesses. So we, so it, it, it switched on a light with us that, hold on, you know what, a lot of these people could could become, would they experience now at BMW or at NetBank or at Anglo-American or wherever it is they're getting their work experience, they could be taking these experiences to become entrepreneurs in the future. So we are looking at a pipeline where it's, uh, a number of them will go down the professional stream to become professionals in whatever job they're doing, but a number of them would at some point go on to set up their own businesses. And we think that's really important as I say, because of the huge deficit of entrepreneurs uh, with that you know, exposure and networks and skills in the country. So this will help with that. And especially given the backgrounds of these youth, it'll be fantastic for social mobility if we could do that. So we think it, it fits in, our program fits in very neatly with what the country worked out it needed a long time ago, but just hasn't been able to get right. Uh, so it's, it's an important contribution in that regard. So wherever we see uh, our youth going through into a program, we're always trying to connect it to which growth sector, which sort of job category, uh, what sort of entrepreneurial activity will make that job doubly impactful. So that's been it. Uh, we were chatting to Ravi Naidu, who is the CEO of the Youth Employment Service. They are a private sector-led um, initiative that is looking to solve the uh, youth employment program issue in South Africa, uh, a huge problem around trying to get more young people into the workforce and also at the same time trying to get more young people to be um, those engines of growth by starting businesses themselves. A uh, very tough uh, issue to to be solving in an environment of low economic growth, but um, somehow they've managed to eke out um, over 104,000 uh, people that have gone through that uh, particular program. That's uh, the latest number that we got um, uh, from Ravi during um this particular discussion, a number of different approaches, you know, that are being taken uh, to actually solve, you know, do you, internships, um, you've got uh, skills, you know, types of uh, programs uh, that have to be taken there. Uh, but uh, just looking at it, I would say probably one of the big points is the fact that at least um, this is not something that is looked at um, as a CSI initiative by the a lot of corporates, because I think, you know, stuff like that tends to have um, the danger um, where it ends up being a tick box exercise. And sometimes the real value that should be created for such programs um, is not there. But if there's uh, real business uh, values, business, business outcomes that are attached to such programs, um, hopefully, you know, steps like that can actually help us uh, to go a long way uh, to continue to, to chip away at uh, the problem of uh, unemployment. Um, over in South Africa, coupled with uh, poverty, inequality, and education, uh, that those are the big issues that are facing South Africa uh, from an economic point of view. So that's been it. Ravi, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks very much. This is Mudiwa's Take. 
a very fascinating discussion and uh, definitely brings to mind a lot of issues uh, that are probably topical for South Africa right now. Uh, the issue of unemployment is probably, as we said, one of the top um, economic issues facing the country and um, new and innovative ways of tackling that um, are always necessary uh, because you have to think about the future. You have to think about um, what does uh, what does the economy look like in the next you know five to ten years, uh, maybe twenty thirty years, and who are, who is going to be occupying some of those leadership positions? Who is um, going to be there making sure that uh, people are employed? And uh, chances are that programs like this are going to go a long way to actually developing you know those types of people. And the thing is, you don't even really need uh, that many people. He spoke about uh, four hundred and four thousand, sorry, uh, people that have gone through uh, the Yes program so far. But you don't even need all those people to have uh, uh, to then become the next Elon Musk, Richard Maponya, um, or Patrice Motsepe. You literally need a small fraction of them, maybe even a tenth. And you know that can do so much um, for job creation, for employment, for economic activity. Um, you know, over in the country. So. Going forward, it will be interesting to see, you know, how they continue to develop the program. Um, obviously, being constrained has uh, led them to be where they are. Necessity, um, as they say, is the mother of invention. And that has led them to create some of these models that they have. So it will be interesting to see whether or not we get other people to then, you know, maybe change um, how they do. Who knows? Uh, perhaps uh, what are known as public works programs uh, might themselves evolve over time uh, to incorporate you know higher order job skills and the like um, in line with what we're seeing from this and I'd say one of the more interesting things about something like this is the fact that it is a private sector led uh, type of initiative so it's the type of initiative where you've got um, members you've got corporates that do have the deep pockets you've got corporates that do have the ability to take on uh, people into the their ranks, give them that exposure, give them that um, job experience, give them those employment opportunities. Um, so the level of practicality um, appears to go up, um, you know, that much more um, because you do have those people that are able to pull uh, on those uh, different levels. But as as always and with, as with anything, we wait to see how things develop over time. But at least for now, uh, we're seeing progress and any progress is is much better than no progress whatsoever. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.